Hi, this is Larry Wilson, and this is How to Talk to Humans. This is the podcast that shows you how to improve your communication skills. Are you looking to get a better job? Are you looking to find a relationship? Are you trying to do things in your life that have frustrated you and eluded you so far? I can show you so easily how to change that. Now, I can only do it with humans. If you're looking to deal with vampires or zombies, extraterrestrials, this is not the show for you. But if you're really looking to improve your communication skills, I can show you what I've learned from 40 years in show business working with the biggest celebrities and superstars in the world, and their secrets are unbelievable. What I'm going to be teaching you during the course of this podcast every week are tools that you can use to communicate toward success. Hi, this is Larry Wilson. Thank you again for joining me for another episode of How to Talk to Humans. Today, I have a very, very interesting human as my guest, which we don't always do all the time, but... I think there's a number of people who we're going to start to bring on as guests because they present completely different perspectives on communication. And all of them, of course, uh, depend on communication. My guest today is a, a psychotherapist I've known for many, many years, and he has an unusual story because he did not start out as a psychotherapist. He had another career entirely. But uh, he's uh, very, very successful now, helping people of all different ilks all over because of technology. He's able to treat people and help people um, online, which I think is already pretty wild. So please welcome my guest, licensed clinical social worker, Kent Weishaus. Thank you, Larry. My pleasure. I'm so glad that you're able to do this. and. The most logical thing to start, because your story is almost impossible to believe, except I know it's all gospel truth, perhaps you could share with everyone what you did before you were a psychotherapist. <laughs> well, I worked in television production for some place between 25 and 30 years as a producer, uh, occasionally a director, lots of times an associate director editor, writer, promo writer, um, jack of all trades. Well, and uh, Again, see, I think you're being modest here. I know, <laughs> I know you worked on all these shows. I know you worked on a number of shows for Dick Clark Productions. I sort of think of uh, your heydays when you're one of the producers for uh, Arsenio Hall's celebrated groundbreaking uh, talk show. Uh, right. It's funny now because some younger people who don't know any history beyond last week uh, <laughs> may be surprised to know that when Arsenio got a talk show, that was like a big deal. Like, uh, you know, there'd never been anything like that before. And you were part of that uh, from the very beginning, weren't you? Yes. Yes. Uh, going back to 1831. <laughs> well, it seems like it, doesn't it? I mean, we might as well be talking about the Peloponnesian War, I guess. And exactly. It exactly. seems like so long ago, but 
Now, most people, uh, I don't mean to be leading the witness here, but but part of what I think is extraordinary about your journey and what you've done is that most people would have considered that the apex of their career goal to be able to be a producer of a show like that for so many years. But sure. that's not really where you stopped, was it? No, well, I... Um... I wound up working on uh, a number of shows after Arsenio and um, made a decision that uh, I wanted to transition out uh, to do something which uh, which uh, would be more meaningful, basically, uh, more meaningful to me and more helpful to people that receive the product. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that seems uh, perfectly understandable, although... Like, again, I'll say most people, I think, don't think that far ahead. They just think, oh, if I could ever become a producer, that would be it. But I've always known you to be an extremely thoughtful kind of guy. And so uh, it doesn't surprise me um, that you would think you might be able to do more with your life, which is, it sounds like sort of what you did. So I guess you went back to school and you earned degrees and you got training and you did all these things. And as much as somebody in some other circumstance might've thought that's impossible. (laughs) You, you just did it. You just put one foot in front of another and suddenly you come out the other side and you're licensed and you build a practice and now you're a successful psychotherapist. That's pretty much right on. Um, I did have some help uh, from my wife who, uh, her career took a big swing upwards right around the time I went back to school, so that didn't hurt. Well, uh, yes, but again, you're, you're funny, you're so modest. Of course, everyone, I think, in this life who accomplishes things has someone somewhere in the picture who is helping them. It might, right. be a, mm-hmm. might be a spouse, it might be a parent, it might be a child, you just never know. Uh, I've known some people, you know, I think of a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Gail Silverton, sure. who was a single mother and had some kids and couldn't get them into daycare. And, you know, it was a very stressful and difficult time for yeah. her. So yeah. what it was her solution? She started, a, a day- started her own daycare yeah, center. That's right. <laughs> Well, it was in Los Angeles, and it became wildly successful to the point where she had to open up multiple other uh, locations for her daycare, and it was became the most successful daycare operation in uh, Los right. Angeles. So, but everyone I know uh, has someone at some place. It might even just be a mentor, but it's someone who's well. Helping. That that's actually uh, part of. Uh, part of communicating, I think, um, that it's not just someone, but there are, if you look around you, there are systems and um, uh, trajectories, uh, things that you can be part of that will help you, but you have to identify the resources um, out on your horizon and move towards them. Absolutely. So so in my case, of course, I had my wife, but I also had probably, um, you know, 50 other things that I was able to sort of line up, but my wife being the most important one. Well, you, you really put your finger on it, of course, that 
you know, I, I have a tendency to default to this quote of uh, Warren Buffett, the billionaire investor, who said, it doesn't matter how much brain power you have if you cannot transmit that brain power. That's right. And That's right. the transmission is communication. So, right. So obviously you already had... Uh, now I have a I have a slight inside track on some of this, and so it may be slightly unfair. But I know for a fact, for example, uh, you're not the kind of guy who uh, raises his voice. You're not uh, a guy who loses his temper. And I suspect when you were in entertainment, it may have been frustrating for you. It's interesting you bring that up. Um... Because I've thought of, uh, recently, it's come to me perhaps the four or five or six times in entertainment when I did raise my voice. <laughs> hmm. And uh, I look back on those times and regret them. Of course. Of course. But, you know, we're all human. We are trying to do the best we can do. But it is interesting because I felt your communication has always been extremely good. And... I have a bias, obviously, towards this, but I think that that uh, lends itself to success more easily when your communication skills are good. But uh, sure. I, I think of entertainment as one of those fields where there's a lot of people who simply rely on yelling or threatening or throwing temper tantrums. And I don't know why, but it, for some of them, at least for in the short run, uh, it seems to work sometimes those. Scripts. Well, I think it goes, actually goes beyond that, um, that there are people that thrive on invalidating others points of view, whether it is with anger or just a subtle, um, Oh, this is what you're doing to me now type attitude. Wow. Wow. Uh, this is, uh, I don't want you to gloss over this cause you've hit on something huge here. Yeah. Um, can you can you elaborate a little bit on what you're saying? Because some people may may not grasp the enormity of what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, one example uh, that I don't mind putting out there, although the names will not be mentioned. During one meeting, I was uh, talking to a group of people, including my employer, about uh, why somebody was treating our company or our product the way they were. Uh, and I, and I, I said, you know, something like maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe he uh, had had an argument with the, his wife or something like that. And, and this guy who I'd worked with for a number of years turned to me and said, Oh, so now you're Freuding me. Hey, eh? <laughs> and uh and uh, I, I was sort of taken aback I, I wish i'd been quicker on my feet to say oh so now you're invalidating me uh, but i i wasn't um <laughs> so to dismiss uh, sort of a systemic examination of what's going on with a complicated situation as Using one word, Freuding, you know, or whatever the word might be. Oh, now, now you're now you're gardening me, you know, or whatever the word might be. Right, uh, right. You you lose you lose so much nuance and so on, so much uh, uh, potential 
to collaboratively examine what's going on uh, by dismissing it like that. Right. Well, and I want to clarify too, because, you know, I, the people who are listening, some of them I would imagine have never even considered what you're saying. The idea that sometimes when other people try to shut you down, it's not because they have a great idea or they're smart or anything. It's because they're bullies. It's right. Right. And you know, I, 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 as I think about this now, I, I, I wouldn't mind if he said, you know, I disagree with you about this. Of course not. Um, but, but, but I'd be interested to hear why you see it this way. Um, that, that, that's a validating statement. You don't have to agree all the time, but to dismiss somebody with just the, with just a summary word uh, that that devalues what they have to say is not is rarely, if ever, constructive. Right. Well, but it's even more than dismissive, as you said before. It's invalidating. The idea. Correct. The idea is, I want to shut you down. Yeah. And like you just said, oh, I wouldn't have minded if you wanted to. Well, what you're saying is, you wouldn't have minded actually communicating with him. Exactly. Whereas right. what he's thinking is, shut up. I don't yeah. want to communicate with you. I want everyone to agree with me, and I don't want to hear anyone contradict me or disagree, and I don't have the time or energy to actually exchange ideas with you. Now, there may be some situations where someone feels great pressure you know, sure. because of the time constraint or something like that. I still don't approve of it. I still don't think it's good communication. I still think it's rude. But I think it's really important here for you and me in this podcast to point out that there are some people who use that technique of invalidating the other just to gain dominance. That's right. They don't even know whether they're right or wrong they just don't want anyone disagreeing. Right. When I, and, and unfortunately, that to some degree is fairly prevalent throughout show business, and I suspect in many other businesses, because uh, people have not taken how to communicate with humans seriously, uh, or what I would call human relations 101. Sure. Uh, which is, you know, if you're going to work with somebody... It's okay to disagree, but not to invalidate. Right. And it's um, it's funny because it's subtle, but it's such a brutal tactic, you know. And I suspect that people listening, if you really think about what Kent is saying, I'll bet you can remember some time in your life having experienced this yourself, where it doesn't have to just be in business. It could be in a personal relationship. It, could be uh, it could be in some uh, insignificant communication you might have gone in to buy a piece of equipment for a i don't know for a sound system or something and a <laughs> a salesperson wanted to shut you up so they could try to sell you something more expensive and so they right. said something to invalidate you you know but it's really an incredibly powerful thing that you mentioned here. Now, my experience, of course, in show business is very similar to yours, that I saw so much of this. And then, of course, when you would encounter the opposite, when you encounter someone who was thoughtful and a good communicator and 
even in a crisis situation, would take the time to try and talk with somebody about something where they may have disagreed or didn't understand. That was very rare, but it happened occasionally, you know. Sure. Uh, but that's yeah. um, that's uh, and and uh, you know with with the attack of communication with the theme of the podcast. There's been quite a bit of research about how people achieve more success, whether, I mean, the research I focus on is couples research, but it, uh, it extrapolates out to business partners, families, friends, that uh, if, if you can find a way to validate 80% of the time, 80% of the communications, you are statistically more likely to be successful in that partnership, whether it's your spouse or your business partner or what have you. And there's been, there's been research by a pretty well-known uh, couples therapist guy named uh, Dr. John Gottman, who uh, he's done this research for the last 40 plus years. Wow. Well, I of course do not have a fraction of the education and training that you've had, but I'm thrilled to hear you say this because it correlates very closely uh, with uh, something I teach in Wilson Method, but I didn't realize. Now I'm going to have to look up Dr. Gott to read his stuff. Gottman. Uh, Got <laughs> Gottman, thank you. Um, <laughs> not to be confused with the guy from uh, the Maltese Falcon, Gottman. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Greenstreet. I had to dig digress on that. <laughs> that's all right. Sydney Greenstreet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Thanks to you. you. I think you turned me on to that original. Well, all I can think of is Gutman saying to Humphrey Bogart, I'm the only one in the whole wide, sweet world who knows where the falcon is. And then Bogart <laughs> says, well, if you tell me, that'll make two of us. And, That's right. And Gutman says, mathematically correct, sir. <laughs> uh, By God, sir, you're a character. There's no telling what you'll say or do next, but it's bound to be extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so now I have to be careful. Now that's a, that, that's a validating validating statement. That's know? right. That's right. <laughs> well, it it's it's incredible that you're able to pull that out of there because you're exactly right. In Wilson Method, I'm always saying that I think the worst feeling is feeling invisible, is feeling like you aren't seen or heard. Right, and, or, the, or that you don't matter. Yeah, yeah, that you don't matter. I mean, one of the things I'm focused very intensely on in teaching people, especially in my uh, two-day boot camps, is learning to communicate in a way so that you are impossible to ignore. It doesn't mean that people will agree with you, but it means, by God, they will hear you and see you. Right. And you, right. you bring up, I mean, an incredibly important point there, that uh, that just uh, to validate someone doesn't mean that you're saying, oh, yeah, I think you're right about everything, and you're right. You're That's not what you're saying. That's right. What you're saying is, I hear what you're saying. Like, right. I, and you know, it's, you, you may, you may even say, uh, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't agree with it, mm -hmm. but I'm curious to know why you feel that way. Mm -hmm. 
Well, uh, that, that, that opens the door to a communication. And if you're the boss, you may have to say, well, I don't agree with you. And I appreciate your point of view. I'm going to have to do it a different way. But I really appreciate you letting me know about this. Something like that. Sure. Know? Well, uh, I mean, like you say, this must be why Gottman uh, discovered this in his research, because obviously you're going to have a much higher success rate. If you approach things that way, to me, at least, it seems so obvious. You know what? This uh, conversation is so much more than I had hoped for, which is fantastic. Uh, It once again shows how smart I am because of the people I ask to be my guests on this show. I want to interrupt Kent at this juncture so that we can pick it up next week in another episode of How to Talk to Humans, because that's exactly what licensed psychotherapist Kent Weishaus is sharing with everyone here. I know if you're like me, you will be hanging on the edge of your seat waiting for the follow-up episode, so it'll be here before you know it, and... I look forward to welcoming you all then. This has been Larry Wilson. I want to thank you for spending this time with me, and I hope you found this information useful. If you're looking for more, you can find it at thewilsonmethod.com. There's a ton of stuff there. In fact, if you want, you can even speak to me because I'm human. Send me an email at info at wilsonmethod.com because I read every single one. I hope that you'll join us next week in this continuing journey and you'll be with me for the next episode of How to Talk to Humans.